Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Experience Our Industry podcast. I am super excited today to have 2018 graduate of our program, Hannah Chaput. Did I get that right, Hannah? Chap it. Ah, Chap it. Ah, but that's it okay. Again. That's okay. I practiced beforehand. <laughs> Chap it. No worries. I'm so sorry, Hannah. <laughs> Hannah Chapit. No worries. I even I even tried beforehand, and I still. Uh, we uh, Hannah and I laughed before beforehand okay. about how um, it, it her her name is technically French, but they Americanized it to Chapit, not Chaput, <laughs> right? That's right. Yes. <laughs> awesome. Well, I uh, we we got to experience that anyway on the podcast. Um, super excited <laughs> to have you here today. Um, Hannah is currently the client value stream lead at Blueboard Incorporated, and I am. Um, I have heard a, a ton about Blueboard over the last few years, and um, we've had a number of our of our alum um, go through Blueboard. And um, yeah. I am really excited for all of our listeners to hear about what Blueboard does, to hear about what Hannah does and um, what a client value stream lead is. Um, I joked <laughs> with Hannah beforehand that I, I want to know what, what a client value stream lead does, but uh, I'm, I'm a par- I was only partially kidding because I have researched and, and know, and know mostly, <laughs> mostly what it does. But I would imagine that a yeah. number of listeners uh, may not know. And so uh, I'm excited about getting into Absolutely. that with you. But let's, uh, let's go back in time first, Hannah. Tell us about where you grew up. Yeah, so I actually, where I'm recording from right now, um, I grew up in Claremont, California, so just about 30 miles east of LA. Um, pretty suburban, small town. Um, there's a few colleges here, so I grew up in sort of a college town, um, small environment. Um, and so I love coming back here and visiting. My parents still live here, and uh, it's a little place to grow up. Nice. So there's some parallels there with San Luis Obispo, I guess, because what are there like three yeah. colleges there in Claremont, right? I mean, I know Claremont College, Claremont there's, University, right? Yeah. Yeah. So there's, I think it's five or six of them um, and they're all kind of on the same campus. But yeah. Mm. Um, I think the town is kind of centered around um, a lot of the campus and a lot of those colleges, which is a pretty cool environment. Uh, yeah. Lots of parallels to San Luis Obispo, which is kind of what drew me there. I bet. I bet. That's really cool. What did your parents do growing when you were growing up? Yeah, so both of my parents are still in their jobs that they were in when I was growing up. So my dad is in sales. He works for a large furniture company called Steelcase. Um, And then my mom is a teacher. She's currently a third grade teacher. Um, So yeah, that's what they've been doing since I've been growing up. That's awesome. And uh, and shout out to your dad in Steelcase. Uh, he's been a great yep. partner of ours as we work towards the uh, Experience Innovation Lab and, and really enjoyed um, meeting him and getting to know him and uh, really appreciate yeah. all the support there. So that's been great. Um, and, mm-hmm. and so tell your parents happy, uh, uh, happy holidays uh, uh, from, Absolutely. From, me, from me in the department. Uh, but uh yeah, so um, let's uh, let's talk about uh, growing up. What what young Hannah mm-hmm. was like growing up? Oh, I, f- I forgot to ask. A brother? Do you have brothers and sisters? Or yeah, so I have two younger sisters. Um, one is named Gianna. She is a sophomore in high school. 
Um, soccer and choir. And then my other sister, Abby, is actually a junior at Cal Poly in the EIM department as well. So our family is very intertwined in the EIM department. Yeah, um, I love it. A family affair. That is so awesome. Um, yeah, you know, it's, it's so great, Hannah, because I, and, and I, I don't know how many of the podcasts you've listened to, but it, it's, it's really, it's really been amazing for me in these um, 60 plus podcasts that I've done, how many um, of our uh, students and alumni, uh, it's, it's a family affair, whether it's like, you know, parents who went to Cal Poly or brothers and sisters in the major, or, you know, it's been great. It's been really cool. So I love that. Yeah. I love it. Um, So tell me what, uh, tell me what young Hannah was like growing up. Um, were you, what, what was, what was your jam? Yeah, definitely. So I played lots of different sports. I wanted to try out kind of everything from a young age. Um, I ended up kind of sticking with soccer and then found cross country and track in high school. So I did that. Um, always been a pretty active family. Um, so yeah, soccer, traveling, um, that was always a big part of our life. Um, always loved being around family and friends. Most of my family is here locally. So, um, holidays were always a big thing and, um, just spending time with them was always something growing up that we did and still is now. Um, yeah. And like I said, I love cooking. I love traveling. I love the outdoors and hiking and the beach and all of that. Um, and so all of that is kind of carried into my adult life too. Very cool. So, so is Gianna the, the really good soccer player after having two older sisters who played soccer? That's her. Yep. yep. Yeah, <laughs> I bet. I bet when you have like, when you have older yeah. siblings, who play usually that usually that third sibling is the one who becomes really good because they have to get they, they yep. want to get better than their uh than their older sisters so that's really cool to hear that's right yeah extra competitive exactly <laughs> that's awesome that's awesome so yeah. um i i didn't have the benefit of that i was the first so i wasn't a very good i wasn't very Same good here. <laughs> <laughs> i enjoyed it but you know i, I didn't exactly. have exactly yeah right so um yep. so Let's talk a little bit about that um, about that journey to to Cal Poly and, and how you got um, interested in the major and interested in Cal Poly. You, you know, we obviously mentioned the parallel w- with um, Claremont and the college towns, but mm-hmm. um, how'd you hear about you know down down in LA uh, when you when you say Cal Poly? A lot of times people think uh, Pomona. So uh, how did you yep. hear? How did you hear about the real Cal Poly? And uh, I'm <laughs> kidding. I, I have to be careful there with uh when when Pomona yep. people listen to it. But um, how did you hear about uh, Cal Poly San Luis Obispo? Yeah. So both of my parents actually went to Cal Poly Pomona. Um, oh, did they so, really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, both of I, them. I should have remembered that from talking to your dad, and I didn't. So I just needled him <laughs> when he's listen when he listens to this. Yeah, it happens and, all the time. <laughs> I, yeah, and you know, I probably told him, Hannah, um, my story. I, I went down to Cal Poly Pomona for a conference once, and there was like. Um, yeah. They were like maybe we were we were in this like ballroom and and it was it was lunch and and they were doing it was kind of like a working lunch type thing and um, yeah and and I stood up and there was probably five hundred people in the room and and um, and I said uh, yes uh, my name is Brian Greenwood I'm from the real Cal Poly and <laughs> I'm sure everyone they went that. everyone went ooh and, and like <laughs> a chill went over the room and the, like the facilitator like. <laughs> got like beat red and was like, um, 
Okay. okay. <laughs> my, my, uh, my, my partner, like, you know, Elva, he's like, she's like, you can't say that here. And I was like, okay, I see. I must have <laughs> touched a nerve. <laughs> yeah. It's a sensitive topic in this area. Um, that's for sure. Especially in my house. Uh, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but actually I found Cal Poly slow, um, because I initially, for some reason I had this dream that I wanted to be a chef when I was really young. Yeah. Um, and so there was a few Christmases where I even asked for like a stand mixer and uh, all these kitchen appliances and wanted to do that. And so I started kind of looking into that when I was like 12, 13, maybe, Realized that was definitely not the route that I wanted to go. Right. Um, but initially I was looking at kind of culinary schools, which kind of naturally led me into the hospitality, tourism, event planning sort of realm. Right. Um, right. I thought that was super interesting, kind of related to what I wanted to do uh, when I was a kid. Right. Um, and so my parents obviously were like, well, Cal Poly Pomona has an incredible hospitality yeah. program, a whole you know, a whole thing. They did, um, yeah. but I didn't necessarily want to go to school 10 minutes away from my parents' house. Right. <laughs> um, and so I started looking at other places, uh, kind of came across the then RPTA program at Cal right. Poly slow. Um, and then kind of just took off from there. My love for slow kind of just went from there. Um, we went and visited. I thought it was again, very similar to my hometown, which I loved. Mm -hmm. Um, it was the perfect distance away from home for me, easy enough to come home on the weekends for holidays from family to come up and visit me. Um, the campus was the perfect size in my mind. Um, the area was beautiful. It just kind of ticked all the boxes, um, of what I was looking for. And then, um, went to a couple of like the open house events for EIM. Um, just started exploring a little bit more and just fell in love with it. And I am so happy I did it. So yeah. I love that's it. That's so, that's so great. And you know, as you were talking, I didn't want to interrupt, but uh, you know, I've been asking, I've been asking this question, like what did young, um, what did young Hannah dress up as for Halloween? You know, yeah. and, and I started th- thinking like, hey, you know, it was around Halloween when I was taping some of those and uh now, I've had a couple of students that kind of like, ah, oh, not really anything. And I'm like, so I kind of stopped, stopped doing that. But yours would have been perfect for the chef. You were all ready for yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, lo- I love that. That is so great. Cause, um, uh, but, but, you know, when I've had, when I've had guests kind of pause, um, I, I think back and I, I seriously cannot remember a single thing I dressed up as. And so I'm like, oh, yeah, I can't really remember that either. So maybe I need to cut that right. out. But I love <laughs> that you, I love that you remember. I, I I have run into a number of people who, who have very visceral memories of, of, uh, of those sorts of things. And so that's yeah. really cool. So once you got here, Hannah, and, and got involved mm-hmm. um, with on campus and, and developing as a professional, um, obviously there's, there's so many memories that, that you develop in, in, or, or that anyone develops in, at, during their time, mm-hmm. uh, universities and, um, during their college years. And, um, but, you know, I, I obviously am biased. We're, we're both biased, right. With the learn by doing mentality. Yep. 
that Cal Poly has. It, it, it feels different. And, um, and so mm-hmm. I wonder if you can um, talk us through um, some of those memories, whether it's like an, an enduring memory of a, of a sunset on Terrace Hill or, um, or, you know, um, a, a professional development endeavor that really you, right. feel, you feel helped you along your path. Yeah, definitely. I think that one of the very first memories that I have is actually um, meeting my first college roommate, uh, Joanne Lodato. She was also one of my best friends in college. Oh, um, awesome. Yeah, so we had a mutual friend that lived in Slow as a kind of in middle school and then was one of my best friends in high school. She actually ended up moving to Claremont. Um, and so randomly connected Joanne and I, we both realized that we were in the same major, which was strange because it's not a very big major. Um, and so I met Joanne for the first time at SOAR, which was one of the orientation events. Um, and so it was, you know, a few months before school was starting and her and I met up when I was visiting for orientation. And I just remember that, um, so vividly we met like in front of the pack, Um, and then that weekend, you know, we went to farmer's market, we walked around campus together, our families met each other. And I think that was the first time I really felt like already ingrained in the campus and already ingrained in San Luis Obispo. Um, so I think that's something that I, I always think about. Um, and it was just crazy that like our paths had crossed at the right time and, um, we became roommates and then we're still friends now. Um, we graduated at the same time together and, um. So yeah, I think that was one of my first memories that kind of carried on the longest. That's um, great. And shout yeah. out to Joanne. She's uh she's so awesome. And um but the podcast yeah. listeners uh, uh who have uh are dedicated listeners have uh have heard uh Joanne's podcast, I'm sure. And mm-hmm. um that is so cool to hear. I've uh, I've not heard that story. So that is um that is just great. Yeah. It just warms my heart. And it because you know, we talk a lot, Hannah, about um the family atmosphere that we want to foster mm-hmm. um, through through the major. And, and and it's something that we've said and with something that we've believed in for years. And um, but you know, the pandemic I, I think has made that um has made that harder, you know, with with um, you know a year and a half of going virtual and just getting back into the classroom and being with masks. I mean, it's not as, you mm-hmm. know, it's, it's harder to connect when you have a mask on, um, quite frankly. I mean, yeah. um, you know, I mean, that's kind of natural, right? I mean, people wear masks to pretend and then to dress up and, and you know, it's, it, it's a yeah. little bit, it's a little bit harder. And so that's one of the things over the next few years that we're really going to focus on is trying to bring back those interpersonal yeah. connections that are so, so vital. And so it's so great. I'm just, just makes me smile thinking about you and uh, <laughs> you and Joanne yeah. just, uh, doing all of those things together and, and forming that connection mm-hmm. and bond. That's just, uh, that's just fabulous. So what about professional development? Yeah. Is there something that you, that really sticks out to you that, that, that you focused on while you were here that really you feel like made you or, or helped to, to uh, put you forward uh, moving towards a career? Yeah, I definitely think that just kind of being involved in general um, in the EIM department um, and not necessarily on campus, but I think one of the most memorable kind of events that I went to was the IMAX um, conference in Las Vegas. Yeah. Um, And me and a group of, I think like five of us went. um, And I think that was just one of the first times when it was, you know, I think in my junior year, 
Um, so it was to a point where I was, you know, starting to look for internships. I was actually getting ready to go into the real world. So I think that was a real moment for me, like, okay, this is what my future is going to look like. And this is actually really meaningful and impactful. Um, and just getting to network with so many professionals. Um, I met up with some friends that I had met in my internship that past summer who were also at the conference. So it was just kind of a whole combination of, um, it was just a big moment for me, I think, in my in my college leading into professional career yeah. um, and being with, you know, professors and fellow students and just meeting so many people, being able to network with professionals. I think that was one of the biggest um, takeaways and memories that I have from the professional development side of things. Yeah, definitely, Hannah. And you, you know, this is a I, I hate to keep um harping on this thread, but that you just touched on another element that we are um we were really focused on um, uh, on trying to to bring back, you know, post pandemic. Yeah. Obviously, conferences and events, and 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 um, and and those those sort of vital professional development opportunities that we've always offered to our students. Um, yeah, you know, through our um, through our Rec Excellence Fund that we that we build um, that we've been building over many years um, to to support mm-hmm. students like you going to IMAX and that sort of thing. You know, we yeah. all all travel was halted, all professional development was halted during the pandemic, and obviously it had a big right. impact. And so, um, you know, we try to encourage students to to get those experience experiences virtually, but you can't take the it's it's uh, you can't take the place it's not of, the same. of something. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. not the same of going to Las Vegas and seeing the uh, grandeur of, of an IMAX America and and it's crazy. And, um, yeah, and it's like you said too. It's like. Um, the experience of opening your eyes to, oh, okay, well, I can do this. I see these professionals. I see what they're doing. They're networking, right. they're, they're building their skills, they're continuing their education and understanding that it is lifelong learning um, that, right. that that really propels you. And so thanks so much for sharing that. Um, so let's talk about yeah. uh, moving out of our of your Cal Poly years um, into an internship. I know you told me earlier that- mm-hmm that you finished an internship in, in 2019 and I, um, or in the winter of 2019. And I know some, mm-hmm. I, I know some people, um, whenever I have, um, recent graduates, um, onto the podcast, um, sometimes I, I wonder yeah. whether listeners are like, well, well, she's just getting started in her career. Why are you talking to her? And it's like, well, mm-hmm. um, we actually think it's really super valuable to talk to to recent graduates because right. um, number one, you relate to our current students and our prospective students yeah. so well, right? I mean, they they see you and hear from you, and they're like, "Oh, wow, that's just a couple of years away from for me," and um and and so they yeah. relate better, um and and so uh, and that's why uh, why we make those uh, decisions, but um in choosing guests. Mm-hmm. And, and, um, so tell me, tell me about, um, how you found your internship, what you did that whole process. Yeah. So I, I was kind of struggling finding an internship. It was kind of a weird time. Obviously I needed to start, like, I think it was like January. It was right after winter break that I needed to start the internship. Right. Um, and many places don't offer internships around oh, that time. It's just kind of a weird, funky time. Yeah. Um, And I was just, you know, constantly on LinkedIn trying to find things. Um, And I actually saw a graduate, uh, Kat Porter, who graduated, I think, like two or three years before me. Mm -hmm. Um, She had posted on LinkedIn. I didn't really know her, but she had posted on LinkedIn about um, 
her company, Blueboard, um, was hiring for an intern to hire position starting like January 9th. Um, and it was in San Diego, which was a place that I knew that I would love and that I had always thought about moving to eventually. Um, and so I just started researching the company, thought it looked incredible. Um, so I just messaged Kat for some more information. Um, I applied. I realized the company was only about 30 people. So it was it was a pretty small company. And um, everyone that I kind of stalked on LinkedIn looked yeah. really great. Yeah. Um, also pretty young, which I really liked as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and it kind of fit right in with my values and um, with what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And so I applied and I mean, worked out perfectly. I found out I got it like two days before graduation, um, which was like the best like three day period of my whole life. I was um, gonna say, yeah, that that when you graduate, you amazing. don't know that that's it's oh kind of like you, you you pretend like you're <laughs> celebrating, like deep down you're like, oh, I don't know what I'm gonna do. That that was oh my me. Gosh. That was yeah. me, Anna. <laughs> I was like rah rah, and then I laid down on my pillow. Exactly. And I was like, oh my god. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> Especially because so is... I knew I couldn't actually get my diploma until I did my internship. Like right. this really mattered at this point. <laughs> Um, yeah, so it was a stressful time, but two days before graduation, I got the offer, um, and everything worked out perfectly. Timing could not have been more perfect. Um, I only had a couple weeks to move down to San Diego. So, um, that was a little bit stressful, but I ended up living with a family friend for a little while until I got settled. Um, but I found out that my manager at the time, um, was from the same area that I'm from. Uh-huh. Um, like she went to the same high school that my grandma did and everything just literally fit so perfectly together. Oh, no um, way. yeah. So it just all kind of intertwined way too perfectly. Everything lined up. Right. Um, and so, yeah, I did the four month internship there and then I was hired full time in May. I love it. And so tell us, um, uh, obviously I've, I've done a little bit of my own research on blue boar, but, but the, the, our yeah. listeners, our listeners have not. So, uh, I have to yeah. pretend like, I don't know, I, I don't really know <laughs> about companies and what you're yeah. doing, but, but I've done my own research and I, I'm super impressed by, you know, you started as an experienced coordinator, um, intern mm-hmm. and, and that's, that's what you were hired on as, um, uh, initially. And obviously that, that, um, uh, symbiosis with what we're doing with the experience industry management and and um, right and, and um, co-developing and and co-creating experiences is a huge element. And so, talk about yeah. um, talk about if you will um, what it was like stepping into a company that's obviously very progressive and obviously what you said, like you said, um, shares your values and and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Tell us about what you're what you're doing as an experience coordinator. What what that was like because because more and more yeah. we're, we're seeing organizations. Um, you know this this light bulb has gone off or, or has has been turned yeah. on in the last ten years and and many people are changing from like customer service specialists to experience coordinators. And so tell us what, totally. you were, what you were doing. Yeah. So kind of overall Blueboard is an experience delivery platform um, for companies to use to reward their employees with experiences rather than um, any monetary value. So like money or gift cards. Right. Um, and so what we provide is experiences for these employees at companies who have, you know, reach their sales incentive goals or hit an anniversary or received a spot reward. 
Um, and so what I did as an experience coordinator was once employees receive a reward from their company, mm-hmm. um, they choose an experience off of our experience menu based on their reward value that they received um, and their location. And then we get their redemption information and reach out to them, do all the planning of their experience, whether that be you know a 60-minute massage or an international trip to Italy. Um, and so we're kind of the concierge, the planner of everything that they're doing from payment um, to logistics to, you know, being kind of that liaison of information between the provider and the recipient of the experience. Um, so we're just the really um, recipient facing team of the company. Um, and so it, it was a really, it's a really great job. Um, we yeah. get to see people light up after they go on these experiences and really value their companies and value um, these experiences that they've received. Yeah, I love it. And so um, <coughs> articulate for us um, why in today's marketplace and today's business mm-hmm. climate, why is why is this why is what Blueboard does so important? Yeah, I think that more and more, especially I think the pandemic has actually made people realize this even more, um, just how valuable experiences are. Um, and how valuable they can be in someone's life. Um, and I think companies are finally starting to realize that, that, mm-hmm. you know, when people receive, you know, a $500 bonus from their company, they're probably going to use that just towards their bills or their rent or, um, you know, those, those things that they have to pay for. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're not being valued as much. Whereas when they receive an experience, even if it is at a lesser value, um, they feel that value more from their employer um, they're able to go out and experience something new, indulge in one of their passions, you know, maybe go jump out of a plane, go skydiving, something that they would never just choose to do with, you know, $500 yeah. that their company gave them. Right. Right. And yeah. so that, and, and, and so that um, experience is, is, is invaluable for retention, right. With companies. Is Absolutely. That, I would assume that, that there's been some, you guys have done research on, um, obviously yep. I know it's not your necessarily your area, but, uh, but, um, I'm yeah. sure there's, there's tons of research on re- retention and, and employee satisfaction. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. We have a few case studies and, um, other articles on our website, um, that I'll talk about that. Um, companies have come back to us and just told us how wonderful it is and, um, how much their employees value our programs. Yeah. Yeah. And you touched on another element that as, as you just now, as you, that at, when you were talking, I was I was starting to envision. Um, I bet a lot of what you guys do is 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 storytelling in orientation too. hundred percent. Right? Yep. Yeah, like like you said, if that one employee um, goes to Italy or um, gets a massage, and then you know that it, it, it's important to 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 know what they experienced and and how right. it made them feel, right? And so. I imagine mm-hmm. that content creation is 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 a is that a piece of it as well? Yeah. So basically, every time we send someone on an experience, um, we do ask them to share afterwards. So we have a hashtag um, on social media, which you can check out on pretty much every social media platform. It's just hashtag blueboarding. Yeah. Um, and we encourage pretty much everyone that goes on their experience, even if it is that you know just a massage, um, that they share that experience both with you know the world, social media. Um, with their network, with their company to kind of show the value and really emphasize the value um, of those rewards. 
I love it. I love it. That's what that's exactly what I was thinking. Okay. So now yeah. let's get into let's get into client value stream lead. So so talk about yep. um talk about what that means and, and what your current position is. So because you've um in, you know, Hannah has has um been has been moving has been moving up in the company. Um so yeah. you know, from experience coordinator to travel specialist to concierge team lead to now client value mm-hmm. stream lead. So tell us what that yeah. entails, what you're doing on a daily basis. Yeah. So in August, we went through a pretty large reorganization um, of our side of the company. And so before this, I was a team lead, which is kind of your typical team lead where you do, you know, one-on-one check-ins with your team and performance reviews and all of that. Um, and then we did a large reorganization. So now my role as a client value stream lead is more of an operational team lead, um, rather than, you know, more of the people side of things. Um, and so I oversee a team of about 16 people right now, um, kind of operationally. Um, and so they all have their people managers, but then I am more of an operational, making sure everything is going smoothly between, um, different parts of the team. So um, my team uh, books and, you know, communicates with all recipients that receive rewards internationally or are traveling internationally. Um, So we're speaking with people all over the world, um, plenty of different languages, um, paying in many different currencies, um, Mm -hmm. pretty much everything under the sun. And so I'm making sure that our, you know, concierge team that communicates with our recipients our booking ops backend team, you know, our research teams, everyone is working smoothly together and yeah. that um, our team is kind of running along exactly how it should be. And, and there aren't really any hiccups. So I'm focusing more on the operations rather than the people side of things. Right. And, and, you know, um, I, I love it because it, it's um, you're, you're getting into management at a very, at a very young age and, um, and um yep. Are very, I should say, very early in your career, um, yes. getting into management. And you know, I have talked to, um, I have talked to a couple of um, former students, uh, alumni that 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 have kind of, you know, started down that path of 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 management, mm-hmm. and have realized oh, I don't like the management as much as I like dealing, working directly with people. And so I'm curious, right. um, I'm curious what that transition has been like. Um, you know, I see you mm-hmm. as a natural leader and as a, as a great manager, <laughs> I'm sure you're just awesome at it. Um, but just curious mm-hmm. what that trend, can you talk to us about what that transition mm-hmm. is like? Because, you know, we obviously with learn by doing, um, the, the, the notion is that we're preparing you to to be able to um, to continue to to march forward in a career and 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 um, and whatnot? Yeah. it's very very difficult to replicate. Absolutely, actually managing a team. And so so what has that yes. been like? What has that been like? What's that process? Um, what's 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 it been like? Yeah. So I think that I was in a pretty people facing role for the first two years, mm-hmm. um, of working at blue board, um, which was great. And it gave me a great lens into kind of what we do and, um, kind of the basis of the company. Um, but I think at that two, two and a half year mark, I was kind of ready for the next step. Um, and yeah, like you said, I feel like I am also a natural born leader. It's just kind of, even from a young age, kind of, 
yeah. always been my personality. Yeah, that was um, wanting to be the chef there. You want to be in charge. Exactly. There. exactly. <laughs> um, and so I think I knew that that was always kind of the traje- trajectory that I wanted to go. Uh-huh. Um, I, I Like I said, my first like team lead role was more of a people management role, which I did like. Um, but I also started working on more of like the operational project management sort of things, mm-hmm. um, which I also really liked. So I think my current role now is the perfect mix between kind of um, project management, people management. I'm still managing a team, but also a lot of um, operations and projects. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think just being at a company where I've been able to kind of build my way up and managing people that are doing what I was doing at one point. Right. Um, gives me a really good lens into kind of their day to day and what they're going through and um, what they're working on at at a time. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think that's so invaluable. You know, I mean, I, I think that um, there there are some organizations and, and companies where they have like, and not that this is bad because, um, you know, but it can be um, that that element mm-hmm. of like stepping into a management position without having done it yourself um, exactly can be really can be difficult because because then people are kind of like well how do you know you've never done this right (laughs) but uh but when you've done it right you can speak from experience Mm -hmm. and and I, i think that's a that's a more um you know, you know, I just think it's more valuable. You know, we, we think about us as, as yeah. professors, you know, if I, if I stood in the mm-hmm. classroom and said, well, here's how you do sport management. And I'd never worked in sport a day in my life or, or done any of the things right. that I'm trying to teach it, it. It's, it's very, it can be very difficult. And so I, I love that. Yeah. that. That's uh that's just great to hear. Um, so now let, let's talk a little bit about this, um, this weird post pandemic, are we really post? Is it endemic? Do we need to start saying endemic um, (laughs) element of it? You know, um, I I think it's obviously so much has changed and Hannah, I'm sure you've seen that Mm -hmm. um, firsthand, but I wonder if you can speak um, based on that firsthand experience of, of what you're, what you're seeing out there in, in the working world and what you're seeing in, 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 in what Blueboard's doing. Have you guys um, been flexible in terms of work environments and virtual and, and how are you guys managing everything and what do you see for the future? Yeah, so we had to pivot quite a bit um, being an experience-based company at Blueboard um, during COVID. Uh, we're still kind of, you know, readjusting to kind of that in between, like you were saying. Yeah. Um, and so basically we had to pivot pretty quickly in order to succeed. So a lot of our experiences, obviously we're out in the, out in the world, going and doing things, traveling across the world, um, things like that. So we had to pivot pretty quickly into in-home experiences, which ended up being a great success for us. Um, people ended up loving it and people were getting things like Peloton bikes, new treadmills to, you know, keep fit. Uh, oh, during cool. COVID, um, yeah. people were redoing parts of their houses, their backyard from us. Um, they were getting like wine and beer subscription boxes to their house, arts and crafts boxes for their kids. Um, oh, I love it. So we kind of just had to do a full 360. Um, and now we're still offering those, but now we're back to a lot of those uh, out-of-home experiences as well. Right. Um, so it's been cool to kind of see both of those working together and seeing both of those be successful at once. Yeah. Um, 
And so that was kind of a, a huge change for us as an experience-based company, um, kind of mm-hmm. shifting that mindset of getting people out in the world or keeping them <laughs> in their homes. Right, um, right. But we kind of have an option for everyone now, which um, which is really great to see. Yeah, um, you know, it's so inspiring. Yeah. I, I just love hearing stories like that and how innovative that 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 companies and and the, and the people associated with those companies um, were yeah. during during the pandemic. And I think it's like you said. I mean, it just has has created this um, uh, additional element that can be very exactly. that can be, help you build your company and your business and and the mm-hmm. um the experiences of, of people even more and um it was so heartwarming for me yeah. like um I, I stayed pretty active on LinkedIn and and um and just mm-hmm. hearing and seeing all of these examples and just going oh wow that is so cool that what, what a great idea yeah, yeah so yeah, um definitely I, I love it we're now are you are you continuing are you working remote virtual how are you guys handling that in terms of an office environment yeah, so right now we're hybrid. Um, our office in yeah. San Diego is open. Um, no one has to go. Um, we have like a maximum capacity. Uh, I've been going about three days a week just because I need it out of my house. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, exactly. It's been open back up since like May or June Yeah. Um, to kind of bigger and bigger capacities as we've gone on. But um, right. yeah, we're pretty hybrid right now. A lot of people are just choosing to stay at home, which mm-hmm. is great. Um, some people choose to come in. Um, so I've kind of loved the flexibility of it, um, yeah. and being able to, you know, come home for Thanksgiving break and not have to worry about not being in the office or whatnot. Right. Um, so the flexibility has been awesome. Yeah. yeah. I love, I, I just, um, I love that aspect too. And I think it's so great. And, um, mm-hmm. and I, and I really hope that, that, um, I really hope that organizations can, can continue to, um, foster these types of of more flexible environments, yeah. and you know, knowing what I do know about group interactions and group dynamics, I really yeah. hope that we don't have like these like factions that exist where there's like a yep. a cohort that goes into the office that talks junk about the the people who are at yep. home or whatever. And I, I haven't seen that, yep. and um, I haven't seen that yet. And I'm I'm really hoping that the pandemic has also taught us a bit more about empathy. Um, um, you know, we don't, we don't see it, um, from, from some, um, we don't see it from some in this world, but, um, I, I, I hope that, that businesses and, and, um, progressive organizations like Blue Board, I'm sure are, not, are fostering environments where that empathy and is, um, is big yeah. and is valued. And, um, um, can, can you, can you speak to, am I, am I like imagining that any of those sorts of things, or can you speak to that? Have you seen, have you seen more empathy post pandemic? Yeah, I would definitely say so, especially in my workplace. Um, I think that we've also hired a lot of people during COVID. So a lot of people don't even know one another. Um, wow. You know, they've never met in person. Some people are, you know, on the East Coast. There's a lot of people on the West Coast. Um, and so I think that that's something we've had to form a lot of relationships, even within the company uh-huh. with people that we don't know. We've maybe been on a Zoom with one time. Right. Um, and so just understanding kind of where people are coming from without really knowing them yeah. um, and being more flexible about meeting times and things like that. So I definitely think that that's um, something that everyone has kind of had to gain and work on in the last you know year and a half. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like you said, I hope that continues um, to kind of build yeah. and that just becomes more of the norm. Yeah, me too. Have you, have you guys done things to try to 
foster that, you know, we talked about that interpersonal connection and how valuable mm-hmm. it was obviously with you and Joanne yeah. and, and in, in college. Um, have you, have you done yeah. anything um, in the workplace or on zoom to, to help foster that spirit of, of feeling like you're working together and knowing people? Yeah. So I would say more, more towards the beginning, middle of the pandemic, we were doing, mm-hmm. um, you know, like once a month company happy hours on zoom. Yeah. Um, we were doing things like that. Uh, I think people got a little bit burnt out <laughs> on things like that. Yeah. Um, and so in the last, you know, six to eight months, we've started doing some more um, in-person events, right. smaller groups outside, um, which I think has helped a ton because there was, you know, that core group of people that started before the pandemic that all knew each other. Um, but since we have hired so many people, we've ha- kind of just had to do, you know, happy hours and picnics and right. um, bonfires and things right. like that. And I think it's helped so much getting right. to know um, new people. I think it's kind of for the newer people. I think it's kind of shed a like a layer of fear off of meeting the new people yeah, and right. not being the new person anymore. Um, and so, yeah, I think that's something that is really big at Blueboard and always has been. So awesome. Awesome. And, but, but I imagine it's really difficult there in San Diego to do things outdoors. I mean, because, you know, it's so hard, just terrible, (laughs) awful all the time. I love it. I love it. I bet you any (laughs) excuse you can get, Oh, Hey, let's do a picnic. I love it. Right. Let's go to the beach. Exactly. Well, Hannah, thank you so much for your time um, today. I really appreciate it. And, um, you know, we, we've mentioned the holidays a couple of times. Um, the Hannah's, Hannah's podcast will, will air after the holidays, but, um, but we, we certainly hope that everyone has has, uh, had had a wonderful holiday season, even though we're taping <laughs> this before the holidays actually start. But yep. um, but Hannah, thanks so much for your time. Really appreciate it. Love hearing about Blueboard and hearing about your success, and just um, just really um, just really uh, ex- really appreciate you taking the time today. Of course, yeah, I'm I'm so happy to do this, and uh, I hope uh, everyone has a had a good holiday, like you said. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, you know, we'll, we'll continue to, um, I, I imagine that you are like most of my guests and, and willing to, to pay it forward. So if anyone's interested in blue board, yeah. um, uh, connect with, with Hannah, um, and, and, um, I'm sure she's willing to pay it forward just like Kat did for her. Um, so exactly. shout out to Kat, um, that, uh, Kat is, is Kat still with blue board or where is she? She is not, but Where's we have about, I am not sure right now. I think she's still in San Diego, but I'm not a hundred percent sure now. Um, okay. but we have about, there's about five of us EIM students. I was Blue thinking now, there was so. a few. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Such a great connection and, um, and shout out to Blue Board. And, um, so thank okay. you so much. Really appreciate it, Hannah. Take care. Of course. Bye. See ya.